Whoa, hey everybody. This is Petey from the Spinner Rack, and we also have Calvin Ellis ready to rock. Um, this we're gonna do a reaction video about uh, one of the videos that's on the take site. Now, the take like everyone is taking their shots at the idea of a Mary Sue type of character, and they'll talk and explain the meanings of that. And I think their angle was it kind of went too far. They wanted to defend some of the characters that aren't Mary Sue's and say, these characters aren't that. And why, when hmm. there's a gender thing, when there's a gender, they're always Mary Sue's. But when it's a, no one's really quick to point out the Gary Stu's or the Marty Sue. Why they, do they have to, why do they have to point them out? Why do, th that right over there automatically makes this a false equivalency. Yes. If you don't have if you don't have male, it doesn't matter if you have males or not. This character is still a Mary Sue at the end of the day. Stop looking for the other side. Oh, well, how come Obi? No, it doesn't matter if they're doing it there or not. This character is still a Mary Sue. <laughs> and the thing is, like that that's the that's my key angle is who introduced gender to the Mary Sue? Because the Mary Sue is a mock of people taking out um, was it Will Wheaton? out of the Star Trek Next Generation and putting themselves in there as a brilliant character that interacts with all of the lead characters. That's all it is. So it's kind of, in my opinion, it's kind of based off of that, you know, Wesley Crusher and people's either struggle with Wesley Crusher or when they're writing fan fiction, they just kind of wrote themselves in that spot. I'm not sure if it was exactly those spot, but I think it's kind of the feeling Whereas everyone kind of felt, well, I should be there. If he's there, <laughs> this kid is there, I should be there. So and ultimately, even if that's not the full thing, besides the person who wrote, kind of saying the person wrote and kind of spoofing this sort of characterization people would do in, um, in what's the thing, in fan fiction. Ultimately, the idea of gender should have never come up. And you can't defend the, you know, the gender because saying, hey, what about the guys? Well... As far as me and possibly Cal too, when I see the guys, you know, going right, you know, with no sort of challenges as they go along, they just mow down everything like a, a tank, you know, like going through going through like a cornfield. Like, yeah, I'm gonna say there's no reason for me to watch the story and click off. If I see that with the characters, same difference. So <laughs> well, let's see what they have, because they kind of defend some characters that are definitely Mary Sue's. And we can't kind of give them uh, out because they're saying, hey, what about the guys? What about the guys? So let's let her rip. It's 18 minutes. Let's see how long we'll kind of struggle through this one. Let's see. I bypassed the compressor. It's hard to think of a more loaded label for a character today than Mary Sue. As women increasingly take lead roles on screen and in big franchises, some have complained that we're seeing more examples of this unrealistically perfect female character whose superhero- All right, cut, cut. <laughs> what you cut? What already? Cut. Okay, see, again, all right, they start with this gender nonsense. You're telling me that a Mary Sue holds more, uh, more weight of a stigma than the white savior? Okay, you know, you're telling me that really that one, you know, that one carries more weight. No, automatically, automatically, you know what that or the black best friend. Okay, automatically they come over here and it's the same. It's the same myopic view 
that if it's dealing with women, somehow it's prejudicial. Like, no, you're not doing your research. You're not doing your research. I didn't, I, I didn't have to get a minute into this at this point. All right, you're playing the victim. Okay, I was, so the, my thing to flip out, we, I, I'm gonna be playing straight, I guess this is this and, and whose lack of nuance makes her boring and indistinct. The Mary Sue critique originally aligned with feminist frustrations about half-baked female character arcs and personalities. Flawless, totally impressive female leads might superficially seem like positive female representation, but because the characterization is so weak, they're actually a form of tokenism and a setback for complex female representation. More recently, though, the Mary Sue has done a 180. All right, before we go on, they try to use some examples of um, Fifty Shades of Grey and uh, the Resident Evil and um electra well like the resident evil is like not like the chick is the chick is yeah she's a great fighter but she's rarely been able to fix this whole thing yet and isn't she like artificially enhanced somehow if i remember correctly from the whole you know from the resident evil series she's not just like the average woman who's just picked up a gun and started doing stuff uh, from from what the storyline went for and then 30 shades of gray 50 shades of gray come on <laughs> come on how can that be a come on you know it's, it's just not the same type of character and even going to with bella from the you know from the twilight thing and saying oh you've got to be kidding me you, you've got to be kidding me you can't use her as a character she's a love interest yeah and it's a and it's a it's a it's a wacky love triangle where she's in love in love with this person and she has this connection with this guy she, that she's always had when she was growing up. That could be like any any girl in the neighborhood. But it's like, oh, well, well, these guys are the hottest. Like, well, no, that the movie is what it is. Whatever. It, I mean, I don't know. You know, her having superhuman powers is more <laughs> that sort of thing. And when you come to relationships, I don't necessarily worry about unless it's like you know. <clears throat> I don't, I don't know how better to describe it. I had to be very insulting to go that route. But anyway, uh, if you see. have to, if you're looking at Bella's character and worried about her being a Mary Sue, as opposed to the overall thing that this is a woman who has to choose between a vampire and a werewolf, you're, you're, you're in the, you're in the wrong area. This is not your field. You need to be someplace else. Okay. If that's your main concern, oh, she's too much coming across like a Mary Sue. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you looking at this story? Come on. Now they're going into the other side of showing Captain Marvel and Ray or Ray Skywalker uh -oh. <laughs> as the characters that are the new done right Mary Sue's. Ray? Yes, here we go. We've seen a couple right. shots of her. Let's see. Let's see. Mary Sue's has become an excuse to make sexist objections to women headlining beloved franchises and popular media. <laughs> I don't buy the Mary Sue thing anyway. I found the I found the term sexist. What are you talking about? I throw it for guys and women. <laughs> Complicating this debate even further, despite all the talk of rampant Mary Sue's, it's actually hard to identify. Here's the three. Here's the three non-Mary Sue. How to tell she's definitely not a Mary Sue. Now Hmm? Th those are your th those are your three examples. <laughs> See, you could have made an argument for Arya Stark up mm -hmm. until the last season of Game of Thrones 
you could have made uh, you definitely could have uh, made an argument for her, but the other two, no way. Yeah, there you go. Um... Five specific examples that everyone can agree truly fit the trope. Given how controversial <laughs> and difficult it is to define who is a Mary Sue, it's well that character. Oh God, I, I stopped on the female Loki. Um, the, the the character from Game of Thrones, like her character, went through a lot of stuff, and like having us as the, the viewers, from what I remember, because I didn't watch the whole thing, but it's like. There's a difference when she becomes all this thing, even though she's like three foot, three foot nine, like, and she's this killer and it's a master assassin. She went through a whole long thing that people watched her go through to get on, gain all these skills, which is kind of different from the female Loki that just uh, comes in, kicks everybody's behind. And, um, you know, it's like, well, how, what Loki isn't the character that really kicks everybody's behind. He's kind of the guy who's the, you know, thinking and doing all this terrible stuff behind the scene. Yes, at times he can fight, but at the, t at the time you wouldn't think of him as the top guy taking out like rows and rows of people, but eh. Time to start focusing instead on who isn't. The non-Mary Sue is a dynamic, complicated female character. Oh no, they went to this. She's a complicated character and they ruined my girl from Ozarks. They ruined her. Adding in a brother that had uh, schizophrenia, I know some of the stuff of that stuff, and she totally handled it totally wrong. I can't, I can't co-sign that, but she's a great actress. Whose flaws are intrinsically connected to her story. Scandal Here is our take on what exactly makes a non-Mary Sue. Here's your thing, then. Complex female characters. There we go. That's our title. Okay, we're never gonna make it. <laughs> we're not gonna make it. The Look last how many times time we stopped. stopped. We missed a good point that I had. We stopped on the other video that you picked. You picked the video that I, I flipped out on, and then we stopped at a part where we should have. We should have kept going. So we're not gonna. We're not gonna make it. We barely got through. We barely got through the opening. We're not gonna make it. All right, let's okay. let's let's let's, 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 let's just go on a basis of saying that these two characters can be considered Mary Sue's, right? Basically, this character, they they kind of, the only part that's good is the part where she sacrifices herself in the flashback. Everything else in here is just her come to Earth. The other part where she's fighting um, the scrolls was cool, but the movie's out of whack. So, but her as a character and her coming to Marvel and just, you know, smashing up the, smashing up the Thanos' ship like a scene in the Superpower Super Friends series where Galactus, where Darkseid has his ship and then Superman just crashes. <laughs> like, it's the same scene from the Super Friends. It's like... Yes. But, like it, it work, but it works when it's Superman. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what's happening here? But, um, you know, um, I think the way they've kind of used Captain Marvel is that she's not even in the story. She has to go away and then she comes back and she saves the day. And that's not even in the classic super, you know, um, Justice League with Superman. Like they all go on their own adventures and they all come back together as a group type of deal. And it's like they're just saying, you know, what? we don't even want to deal with this character, the Russos. But and Ray, the Ray had a, a thing. If we had a lot of questions about how she's able to do things that she was able to do. We were okay with her tech. 
We didn't understand her connection with the force and the way they explained the end didn't work at the end. I kind of felt that if they were going to go that the, what's the name? Um, was it um, Kylo Ren? He's kind of like, he kind of wants, he wants to get that all of, because everything that she goes through is what Yoda talks about, the dark side, all of this motion and all this stuff, what we saw Luke go through, but it works to her advantage. It doesn't work to her detriment, which was what was working to Luke's detriment. And I think in this, they might try to say that Luke is a um, Mary Sue, but the you know, Luke using his powers, you know, using his aggression leads him to the dark side. So that's the thing that doesn't lead her and she would get a moment but they chickened out. So I just have to say, these guys, regretfully, they are them and they can defend as much as they want because they like them. And that's the thing. It's cliches that we like, but they're still cliches. They're Mary Sue's well, that you like, but they're well, still Luke, Mary Sue's. Luke Skywalker is a different, I mean, you can call it cliche or convention. Luke Skywalker is the chosen one. That's, that's where he's at the end of the day. And as the chosen one, you're going to get to be, I mean, you're the chosen one. So you're going to be able to do a whole bunch of stuff simply because you're the, the prophesized or the person everybody was waiting for. However, you know, you look at the situation with Luke Skywalker, even in the first movie, this is not somebody who just hits the ground running. He does, you know, have he does have to get some training. He does have to make some mistakes. Okay, he does doubt. Even if you want, and I'm, I'm not somebody who's big on all of those particular things, but you can't say the Luke Skywalker is two-dimensional and just grabs a lightsaber and starts, you know, mowing everybody and mowing everybody down. You know, we don't, I mean, the, the most that we get to see him do in the first film with the force is that he's able to block some blasts and then he's able to make that final shot after Ben tells him to use the force. This is not something he does on that he does on his own. He's still, even in that moment right there, he still needs guidance. He gets back up from Han Solo from the Millennium Falcon, really cool scene, okay? All, and all of those things make for a great movie. And it, it follows, I mean, Luke's thing is really following along with Campbell's hero's journey at the end of the day. Whereas you look at Ray, and I mean, the, the biggest problem was when you get to the fight with Kylo Ren, it's like, she's not supposed to be winning this fight by any stretch of the imagination. She's not supposed to even be able to get out of that room by manipulating somebody's mind. It's like, there's no reason for her to be able to do this stuff, regardless of how powerful she may be. You know, you got somebody like Princess Leia, who's had very little training or anything from uh, Luke Skywalker at the end of the day. And the most we ever see from her is she's able to rescue herself from space. <laughs> you would think that she should be able to, um, you know, be leaping around and doing so on and so forth. It just doesn't hold up with everything else that you've established. And that's where she get, and that's what makes her Mary Sue at the end of the day. One other thing, Mary Sue, the term was never gender specific. You could apply that to a man or a woman because it was about a character in terms of Mary Sue at the end of the day. So it was not gender specific. Then they come up with the Gary Stew. You can say that if you want to, but Mary Sue could have been male or female. It was not gender specific when it originated. Yeah, definitely about the characterization. Nothing, you know, nothing more than and the, the the ability, <clears throat> the abilities, and how the easy, you know, the character can get through. People got that, but then, of course, when someone tried to be witty and say Gary Stu or Marty Sue or something like that, it kind of ruined all that stuff. And then now we got people defending, saying, "Hey, gender, you trying to attack women, misogyny," and like, no, it's just characterization. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe and click the bell to so <laughs> all of our new videos. Uh, don't think that'll be happening. <laughs>
here comes the history. first appeared in a 1973 Star Trek fan fiction parody titled A Trekkie's Tale, which marked the way flat female characters feel out of place in their stories. The story's protagonist, Lieutenant Mary Sue, in the words of a 2015 Vox article, grabs the attention of both Captain Kirk, who falls in love with her immediately, and Spock, who admires her logic. Mary Sue, just 15 and a half years old, takes over the ship and receives the Nobel Peace Prize. This all-too-perfect female character served as a way for author Paula Smith to poke fun at other fanfiction writers who insert idealized versions of themselves into their narratives as a form of wish fulfillment. Over time, the Mary Sue term was applied outside of the fanfic community to a wide range of characters who, some said, were boringly perfect. Unless I miss something, you don't speak French. Fake it till you make it. Many iterations of Nancy Drew fit the description of a Mary Sue because Nancy is extremely clever, charming, and capable of seemingly anything. You're going to try to tear down Nancy Drew? Because they never read a Nancy Drew book. They probably That's, don't know who the Hardy, they probably don't know who the Hardy boys are either. What was it? I think James Robinson saw a, um, they said all of the, the what is it? Um, the, the, the hard-boiled detectives, and I think it was Miss Tree, and Frank Miller did an insert with all of the, like, the detective characters, and the fourth one was Nancy Drew, and James Robinson said, what? And then he's like, oh, Miller's talking about the real books, and this, that, and the other, and, like, her being a good, detec a good detective has nothing to do with being <laughs> Mary Sue, like, come on. It's like you at least have to have that in the story. You can't have I mean, her. She's, she's in the same vein as the Hardy Boys or Encyclopedia Brown. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, they're very astute in terms of the problem solving. Okay, and you know, putting the clues together to solve this particular mystery. But that's it. Nancy Drew doesn't. I mean, at least within the stories, Nancy Drew can't fly a plane. Yes, that's the uh, yeah. You know, you can't come over, oh, she can fly a plane because she read a book. No, the Hardy Boys can't do it either. And they actually get stumped. They actually do get stumped with stuff. And, you know, they'll go to other people like, hey, this type of stuff, so they can uh, at least get a clue or something, of, you know, to generate. But what I find really hypocritical is them calling Nancy Drew, you know, a Mary Sue character. And I'm like, wait a second, you know, Nancy Drew, well-established character very well-developed character at the end uh -huh. of the day. And the only thing they're going to base it on is the television series. You didn't read any of these stories that this character is based on. So it's, it implies the same amount of ignorance that a lot of people have when they apply Mary Sue to these, uh, those characters as well. Yeah. Um, sad to see. While everyone around her is unable to match her skill. I'm guessing you two are working with Lawrence McNabb, the locksmith that it gives you the keys and you're responsible for the recent string of burglaries. Give me 15 seconds and I'll show you how you can get featured in major media like NBC News. Even a skippable. In the action genre, Alice in Resident Evil has often been named as a Mary Sue because she's insanely powerful and close to indestructible, lacks much actual personality and makes other... I think... I think have you seen... Have think you seen these those. movies? <laughs> Have you seen any of the Resident Evil movies? How much personality do you, she's the hero, you know, she's the heroine in the film. I, I, I don't get, she's the film is she, about what? It's about, kill, it's about, it's about survival, <laughs> staying alive. What more do we need from this? That's, it's a shoot 'em up movie. We don't need yeah. anything more than that. She can be a two dimensional character in that film. And that's where the, the understanding doesn't seem to apply. 
she's perfect for those storylines. That character is perfect for those storylines. Like John Wick. John Wick doesn't need to be three-dimensional. We're not coming here to learn about John, uh, what makes him tick. We want to see him shoot up stuff and make it look cool. It's the same thing with the Resident Evil thing. So it's not like, and, and therein, it contradicts their same thing because this is a female character. And because a female character, she's two-dimensional. No, that's wrong. She needs to be three-dimensional. We need to find out more about her inner workings and what makes it. No, we don't. No, we don't. Yeah. This is a film about pretty much, it's a zombie movie. We don't need any of that. All we need to see her do is go in, take out these zombies, make it look cool. It's action-packed. That's why we tune in. And that's why the franchise is going on to five films because they keep supplying people with what they want. Yeah. Uh... Losing her story appear useless by comparison. Bella from Twilight may be considered a Mary Sue. I mean, you already explained that she's been enhanced right she's been through some yeah. things and like it's not that people are going through the regular stuff yes there's movies where people are that but this one is like no everyone's close to their can i mean i don't know the resident even movies are one step above the you know like the horror films where it's like yeah people are dying they're cannon fodder but you don't feel like, oh, come on. They're like, no, they're overwhelmed and they're going to die. And she might survive, but I don't know. This is going too far. And here we go, Bella again. Because she's the hottest chick in town. And, uh, you know, like, oh, but the, you don't like same, this chick. <laughs> but that's the same, that's the same trope. I mean, that is, that's not a trope. That's the same convention when uh, you have the lead female character. And the lead female character, everybody's in love with her. Yeah. Okay, all the guys are in love with it. It's like there's no other women in the town. All the guys are in love. That doesn't make you a Mary Sue, but that's part of that convention at the end of the day, especially if you want to. I mean, the Twilight films are romances at the end of the day. They're not horror. You know, they're romances at the end of the day. And so, yeah, you got the lead character. And how do you make certain that that keeps on? You got the lead character who's in love with the, uh, the, the lead male character, but no, we're throwing some other dudes over here. And that's going to keep this going, at least for, you know, so we can get seven books out of it or yeah. seven films at the end of the day. But those are convent. You can have a problem with those conventions. No problem. But it doesn't, you can't use this brush and it's all Mary Sue because you don't like those particular conventions. And Mary Sue is its own thing at the end of the day. What's more, they explained what it was in that short story. Well, mostly i suppose they explained what it was in that short story and then they're using characters to which it doesn't apply yeah, yeah. and um you could easily apply them to ray it'd be easier to do that she comes from nowhere knows how to use he knows how to put the back together the millennium falcon and fly it next thing you know she's in a jam she's something she's never done before she uses the force and then, um, of course, at points she's fighting Luke, and she might be able to kill Luke if she needed to. You know? That, oh, don't don't bring that up, man. We'll never get through this. I mean, I don't think we're gonna get through it anyway. How, how far are we in? Uh, but Three. that fight with that fight with Luke, that fight with Luke. Oh my goodness, that's like I mean, imagine that Luke fought Vader in Empire Strikes Back and actually posed a threat to Vader. Mm -hmm. We knew from the start. We knew from the start that Luke was outclassed. <laughs> we knew from the start when, from when Luke is fighting and Vader is taking him on with the lightsaber one-handed at the end of the day. And we know, okay, Vader's got it all over this guy. This is just a matter of time. Okay, I mean, yeah, I'd rather talk about that. That fight was great to the point where it's the end and Vader's just like, enough of this. Okay, yeah, yeah, you, put yeah. up a good, you put up a good fight. I'm just going to beat you down, brute force. I'm cutting off your hand. Okay, 
Now you're going to come home. With, now you're going to come home with daddy. That, you know, that's what's supposed to, that's what you would expect. I mean, because if not, what kind of threat does Vader honestly represent? He's a paper tiger at the end of the day. If Luke can go over here and train with Yoda for a couple of weeks or months, however long it was, and then come over here and pose a reasonable threat, it's like, no, his training was enough that he was able to survive. Yeah. That's where you're supposed to be getting at. And with Ray, no, Ray was never in a position where we were worried about her. Okay. And that was, yeah. that's the wish. That's the wish fulfillment. That's the exact wish fulfillment that they're talking about. I can be in any situation. I can take care of myself. I'm never going to be threatened. I've got all the power. You know, nobody, that's exactly what they're, that's exactly what she's talking about. And somehow it doesn't apply to that character. When we look at it, one of the thread from for Luke's character is that he gets, when, when Luke comes to save the princess, she is not impressed at her Calgary. Like she's not impressed at all. All right. Yeah. Then next aren't you a little comes, short? Aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? <laughs> and then no, thank she, you. Then when she gives him the kid as, as a kid, we're like, oh, he has a chance. But then watching it you now, it's like, okay, um, who's it? Um what's the name? Bahan is kind of put the, you know, kind of has more of a chance than Luke, even though what's the name got a kiss on the cheek or whatever, but good luck. And then next thing you'll get to the next movie, you got no chance. So you don't even get the girl. So it's like, come on, that's the part of the Mary Sue of you winning, getting the girl, all that other stuff. But anyway. Yeah, you get uh, you get you're the Mary what is it? You're the Mary Sue, you get everybody loves you, you got all the power, you never lose. You know, it, it's one of those, it'd be those weird things where it's like the only way we can get out of this room is somebody has to be able to speak ancient, ancient, uh, ancient alien language from the planet, you know, Kryptakonat. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I think I can do that. I just happen to have read a book in my off time and I think I can speak ancient Kryptakonat. That's the nonsense that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, and it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be that elaborate either because what you saw in, oh, please, between Captain Marvel. And Ray, you got two perfect Mary Sue characters. Arya Stark, that last season, and that's I think that's mostly because they had no direction for the character because uh, there were no more books for them to follow. So they were making that up as they went along mm -hmm. and they decided to go the television route with it. Let's just keep surprising them and stuff where John Stark should have been the closer on. They decided, no, we'll, we'll do this to keep the audience uh, guessing, which, you know, either you liked it or you didn't. So... Um... Yeah, with that said, like even the idea of I was thinking of a situation like like Rocky Four, right? Where mm -hmm. where um Rocky does win, he does come back from what seemed like impossible odds. But ultimately in a movie like that, it doesn't matter. We have a thing where he lost his friend and we want this victory. The audience wants it. You know, and you're giving the audience is being we're going for the total escapism, and we're like, yes, kick Drago's behind for yes. Apollo for no other reason, and we don't care if he needs to have more challenges. We need to see what's the name cheated, and, and we need to see him lose or die. None of that stuff. All we care about is the revenge. As they've given us enough story, enough things in here, and um, you know, we're moving past that, but. And that's the way films work. You can you can criticize it and say all the problems with it, but it's like, no, this one is just for fun. And sometimes you have to throw some of that stuff out for your enjoyment of it. It's the same. This is this is entertaining. Now, if you keep doing it, 
then you're kind of like, well, nope, I can't do it anymore. But you can get away with it for, for a little while. But let's see what we got here. I think we kind of, we might have covered everything, but we might want to have a situation where you want to keep keep trying to put the buoy down into the water, but the, the, the take keeps popping back up. Because she's portrayed as extremely innately special for no particular reason. And while her personality lacks depth, each of her potential love interests find her completely irresistible. All right, cut, 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 cut. Okay, no, what was that other than just a mean girl line? Yes. Yeah. What was that? What was the other to just be mean, catty, yeah. all that stuff that was supposed to come away from you? You don't like her. You don't like this character. And so this character falls into all of these aspects. Oh, look at her. She's not interesting. And yet all the guys like her. You sound like a, like a teenage girl over, you know, hating on the, uh, on the girl who's dating the guy that you like or something of that nature. It's just, oh, good grief. That, that's not how this stuff works. It's not how it works. You have to look at, uh, you got to look at genre, subgenre, conventions, you know, tropes, and do these characters fit in there, okay? And whether we, it's not a matter of whether you like them or not. And um, when you were bringing up Rocky, anybody who understands the Rocky films realizes that Rocky is not about boxing, okay? Mm -hmm. It's never been about boxing. Rocky is about whatever problem that Rocky Balboa was trying to overcome, and the boxing match proves that he's overcome that problem in his life. Okay, he's overcome that particular problem in his life, and that's why he's successful in the ring. It's metaphorical. And one of the reasons why we love the Rocky character is because Rocky is wish fulfillment for the audience. Yeah. That's what we want to be. We want to know that we can overcome our problems, okay, and be champions at the end of the day. We had the first film, which was about what? He needed to be able to show that he was a champion fighter, that he could go to the distance. Now, second film, it's time to win. Third film, you let this go to your head. Can you come back? Can you come back from all the nonsense that, you know, the excesses that you allowed to keep you off of being a champion? Can you regain that eye of the tiger? The fourth one is what? It's avenging your friend, okay? It's avenging your friend and, you know, setting that to right because you know he should have never been in the ring in the first place and you should have stopped that fight. And so now you, and so now you go over there. The fifth one we will not talk about. And then we got, <laughs> Rocky, and then we got Rocky Balboa, which is, hey, I still got some left in the tank. Don't stop me from like living my, 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 uh, living up to my full potential. I still got some tank, you know, in the tank over here. I got one more good fight left in me. Let me go and fight, okay? Let me go and do what I know how to do best at least one more time. Those are the films. Those are the films at the end of the day. And it works because of everything that's put into them. And they understand what this character is about with the exception for number five. Now, I'm not saying that Twilight films are rocky. I don't think any of them are Rocky, but they do understand what these characters are about, okay? And that's why you and that's why they were popular and why people revisited them because they were giving them what they wanted, okay? And I wouldn't call any of those. Uh, it's just, uh, mm, this, uh, mm, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm it's, gonna take a breath. I, mean, now. I would go to like she she's all that. We always kind of say she's all that is like my is almost like my perfect Peter Parker type film. Because it has an aspect that was in the comic where Peter Parker is not really recognized by the girls. But when these two guys had this contest, which is basic something that's in the movies, they see start seeing something in the, the character that they didn't see before. And both of them are becoming better guys trying to figure out this chick who's like the wallflower when they got all these other hotties in town. And it's just like it becomes something as a personal thing for them 
not just this. And it's just like, not, and this is, a, this is different. This is just playing the basic the girl next door, but Hollywood has been doing so many stories where the girl next door isn't as hot as the hottest girl, the, you know, the, the trial of the, the vixen. So the guys are falling for the vixen. And at some point later, they see the girl next door and fall for her at the end of the movie. Like this is just a, a love triangle. And you don't need to have to explain that she's a dog, but then you find out that she's actually pretty so you can connect with her. You should just see, you're supposed to connect. Sometimes you're supposed to be Ferris Bueller. You're supposed to be, the girl's supposed to see themselves as this chick and two guys following after her. And that's it. That's the whole thing. You, if you like, you like, um, what's that thing, um, Dirty Dancing? You're supposed to look at yourself as, as baby and call it a day. <laughs> you're not supposed to be sitting around and saying, well, you know, she's got all this, everything's coming to her and it's so easy. And it's like, no, this is what the story is. It's about baby. Call it a day. Stop complaining. You don't like it, then turn the channel. Now, yeah, watch. It's not that big. Yeah, watch a deal. something it's else. Not, it's, not, it's not rocket science. It's not a heavy, it's not, it's not any heavy sort of movie. Like, it's not a heavy movie. It's a simple thing. You know, the high, the, you know, Patrick Swayze don't see nothing in her and slowly, but, but that's the trick that they do. So it's like, all right, we don't see Patrick Swayze with, 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 um, with a Linda Gray. What's it? Was it Linda Gray? Like, we don't see it with that, but then we see over time, he starts to see her character and it builds up and all that stuff. So explain why, and I don't, I'm not saying she's a dog, but they're trying to do the Hollywood. We're saying this character is a dog. So this is how they meet on a level. And Twilight is just like, hey, he connects with this chick and she has this thing which has been unsaid with the werewolf and it turns into a basic love triangle that's as basic as you get call it a day turn me i don't know i'm not interested turn it off i was a fan of this actress she's gone left i'm not sure she was in a movie called safe and i really thought she was really great but it's kind of gone left but anyway let's move on this makes me want you so bad <laughs> I still don't know if I can control myself. Fifty Shades of Grey, which originated it's in the same movie. Also centers on <laughs> indistinct female character who attracts the obscenely rich and handsome Christian and is the only person who can save him from himself. I don't need her. I need you. A case can also be made against Emily and Emily in Paris. A happy-go-lucky arrives at her new job in Paris by finding implausible solutions to the conflict she often creates. In the much-hyped Game of Thrones battle against the White Walkers, fans cried Mary Sue when Arya Stark swooped in to defeat the show's most notorious villain, the Night King. In a sudden Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! Yes, that, that whole thing was built up. One, you had the dragons. And then somehow the Night King was immune to fire. You're like, okay, didn't see that coming. And it absolutely made no sense why he was immune to fire. But okay, that's where, we, that's where we're at at the end of the day. Great. We all know the big showdown is supposed to be Jon Stark, okay, rather Jon Snow against the Night King. That's what we're looking for because he's got the sword. And we know if anybody's going to have the best chance, it's going to be him. And then out of nowhere, she comes and stabs him in the back. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> The fact that she's still alive at the end of the day, with the, I mean, she's being trained to be an assassin. So I can understand her surviving, hiding, all of that sort of thing. But th the biggest fight is just going to be this guy getting stabbed in the back after all of that. Eh, they just went for the, and again, that's the convention. 
That's the convention that you're going for. Okay, we're going to keep it. The, the least likely is going to be the person who does this because there was supposedly this whole uh, prophecy that it came with her that you know she was going to kill these particular people. I'm like, oh, we're going to make it this guy and, and totally ruin the uh, and totally ruin the moment that it would have been built up for. Mm -hmm. He is unrealistic yeah. and improbable, even though overall Arya is a fleshed out complex character, but perhaps the most famous- No, 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 stop, stop right there, stop right there, okay? This is not about whether or not she was a fully fleshed out complex character, okay? You can have a fully fleshed out complex character who in that moment is, is a Mary Sue because of what's going on. This is, you can't, it's not like you've got to do all of it all of the time. In that instance, right over there, no, you decided this character is going to be a Mary Sue because for this effect that you wanted, okay, that's what you got at the end of the day when it came over there. There's no defense for that. There's no defense for that at all. Well, we're going to hit some rough waters coming up. About complex character, but perhaps the most famous and controversial character to be labeled as Mary Sue in recent history is Star Wars's Rey. In the last piece, and somehow you convinced the droid to show it to you. You, a scavenger. The accusation has caused vicious online debate since 2015, becoming essentially a culture war issue. Some fans feel that the Star Wars franchise resorted to two-dimensional writing for the sake of satisfying the audience's desire for strong female characters, while others believe that labeling Rey a Mary Sue is sexist, since she's no more improbably perfect than most male heroes in Star Wars or other franchises. <laughs> I think there's Ryan Craig. In his 2018 article titled, Is Rey from the Last Jedi a Mary Sue? And is it sexist to think she is? Matthew Kadish outlines five criteria to evaluate if characters will resonate with audiences, uh -oh. i.e. not be a Mary Sue. If they have a transformative character arc, are driven by a concrete motivation, pursue their motivations actively, rather than simply being a reactive character, experience character struggle resulting from both external and internal obstacles, and lastly, but most importantly, are likable. That last category, likability, is by far the most nebulous and loaded. Tatish cites story consultant Mike- Cut! 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 What okay, you saying is right. the Ray isn't likable? No. That's why they don't okay. like her? <laughs> They, they, what is it? What the, the, the part? What is it? The, the speaker here has already thrown scat at two or three other female characters because they don't like them. Yes, they have. Yeah. They don't like them. Okay, you pretty much called one a plain Jane. All right, the other one bad personality. What's that other than you don't like them? So likability is look. Likability is part of a character, whether they like whether you want to agree with it or not. If viewers, readers don't like this character or at the very least aren't coming in because you can come in and like, I, I like to hate this character and that brings people in. Or I like the character, I wanna see where things are gonna go with this character. I like the character, I vibe because, you know, this is, some, this is a character that I would like imagine myself being if, you know, this type of stuff were possible. That's just part of it at the end of the day, okay? With, uh, however, you know, with the other character, with the, unfortunately with Ray's character, who I enjoyed up to a certain point. Okay, but with Ray's character, it was became very clear that they were not going to allow her to have any of the character moments that would allow people to come in. They were afraid to allow her to be vulnerable. They were afraid to allow her to, uh, to lose a fight. Okay, they didn't want to do any of those things that you will see even the most macho male character do. You know, she couldn't get beat up. 
Okay. She knew, you know, she wasn't going to be uh, tested. Everything was just going to be, you know, coming down the pike at the end of the day. They wouldn't do it. Okay. And then with all the agenda that you have going on, which they couldn't escape. Yeah. You're going to have a character that becomes unlikable, but then it becomes very hard to move or sell that character. So yeah, likability is part of it. You want people to like your character. Well, you, the other thing is you have, we're looking at aliens right here, and this would be the testament to the, 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 the female action hero. But one of the things is, is that like um, Ripley is more of a scientist and possibly one of the official, you know, like more of a person that is in the, the bureaucracy of the thing initially, but she has some sort of science background she has more for as sort of the bureaucracy of it, but when she goes here, she's been stripped of everything. She's with these people that don't even want to connect with her, and one person throws her a bone, maybe he likes her, and shows her some things, right? And it's like, and all of this stuff works in the story, right? And then next thing you know, she's using that to fight the, the alien, and we get these fun scenes and whatnot. And all of it is storytelling-wise works, as a character, it works. She doesn't pick up the alien by by its neck and toss it out the ship. That would be the problem. But they set up some things for her. They set up situations where she's the last person in there, not because she just picked up the gun and said kicked kicked her, well, you know, a possible boyfriend to side and say I'm gonna get him. Forget you guys. That's the thing where she's the last person standing. Everyone else has been even more heroic than her early on and she's just at this last moment where she's like i'm using everything that i saw and, and did and i'll be able to quickly go to where i need to go and handle business we've been set up to you know so it can work rather than just say hey ray is in this fight and she wins <laughs> and if you go back if you go back to alien that final scene is what it's two mothers fighting against each other you got the the queen alien fighting for the eggs and you got ripley fighting for her surrogate daughter if you will and i mean come on how can you not get that and understand the uh and understand what the dynamic is right there okay we, even when the even when the uh the queen alien is coming after her she's coming after vengeance because you killed all of her offspring you yeah. know and then ripley's fighting her to the and ripley's fighting her to death to what not you know for her so much as she's like trying to make certain that new i mean what's that classic scene when she comes out get away from her you bitch you know yeah. that's it's it's less about her facing the fear of the alien which it could have been and more about no she's more invested in making certain that uh, newt is going to survive and going to be able to sleep and go on and so on and so forth but the, the same thing i said earlier you can have a character like ripley that's totally three-dimensional and by the time you get to alien resurrection she's a mary sue mm -hmm. you know she's a mary sue in that film yeah well you look at this thing they're using this and you can't compare this to those characters like Ray, you can't compare this character. This is like in this, even going to the, you know, like there's things that don't work. Obviously, there's a ton of things that don't work about Aliens 3, but the character is going through some more, some more hell. And that's the thing where she, you wish her, her moment of being, you know, showing that she's smarter than everyone else on the thing is saying, oh, this thing didn't kill me because I'm I've been impregnated with, a, <laughs> with an egg. It's like, how the hell did that happen? Even though it's implausible, but, you know, here we go. But let's that see. inspire likability, such as making characters good at what they do, making them funny, having them undergo an undeserved misfortune, or giving them a strong moral code. If I see a situation point itself, I can't ignore it. 
And Kadish actually writes that, right? Here we go. This is the problem with these, this whole thing, is these two characters comes out of the pod, says, Ray, where's Ray? And then he's hugged up with the other chick. And then it ends where they got him with some other chick. And this is like, well, we don't want to kill Ray's character for having her actually chase after the black dude. Like, let's move on and give, you know, have her kiss the guy that's going to die. Who <laughs> got a cause killed, killed Han Solo. And like, well, I want a relationship with this guy. But I don't but care that again like the bad boy, that sort of thing. But he killed your, you know, surrogate uncle. Like, <laughs> well, that that right over there showed they, they had they they bailed on the whole thing because you had Finn there, and it's obvious where they were going with it. And then they probably did some test audiences, like I don't know if we want to do this. Let's go with you know, let's let's do that. And it totally took Finn's character out. Yeah, you know, it totally took his character out of all the films. Because, you know, I mean, it's obvious to see where they were going with it. And then they decided, no, 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 hard left. You know, we don't want to be, we don't want to deal with this. But then you have a character who, again, there's, you, where's the, you know, where's the extra characterization? What is her relationship to everybody? Okay. She has almost no relationship to everybody. And yet everybody's chasing her around. Finn is always screaming, you know, anytime she looks like she's going to be in trouble. Why does anybody really care about her? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's forcing, taking her, like with Luke, we watch we watch the stories and we're understanding the set the set way. Hmm? We we understand that they're separating and then in the last one we kinda understand that he has a mission on his own. I think own. you muted yourself. I did though. Let's see. I can still see me. You hear me now? Can hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I'm still here, but I can't hear you. Hold on for a second. Let me see something. Let's stop share. Looks like it's okay. Hey, it should be okay. I can see it's still the mic is going. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right. All right. Uh, so back to the fun. We got well, we got to six minutes. Wow, I can't believe it. Oh, wow, whole six. See, okay. Thomas, let's give it another couple minutes and we'll wrap this up. He is likable and just fails the other four tests. But the emphasis on likability, as well as Kadish's and others focus on whether a Mary Sue upstages all other characters she's on screen with, can make it pretty easy for this debate to descend into sex. Dude, if this was her fighting the scrolls most of the movie, I wouldn't be complaining about anything. Them taking that moment when she's fighting the scrolls, Captain Marvel's fighting the scrolls. I'm like, this is where, all right, we took a while, but we got somewhere. Next thing you know, <laughs> next thing you know, it's the field. And I think the scroll kills somebody, and then they like the feel good scrolls. And then she just beats up these, um, you know, the Cree guys. And it's just like, we, we lost our fun. They took the fun away from us. And then she's not in these other movies doing anything. She shows up at the beginning and shows up at the end. It's not, you should be complaining about that type of characterization and the bad hair. Okay, sorry, they wouldn't <laughs> about the bad hair. I, I scratched that, that, that one, you weren't supposed to hear that. Yes, they would. They'll complain about the bad hair. They'll just use code. <laughs> 
It's a, a strong woman with a strong, uh, with a strong shortcut, sorry. In a 2015 essay with Star Wars' Ray, we've reached peak strong female care. Oh, oh. <laughs> are you kidding? Who wrote that? Uh, whatever. Tasha Robinson points out that other characters within the Star Wars canon and many iconic heroes outside of it never received the same level of judgment and scrutiny as Rey have. What the hell are they talking about? Do they understand that Han Solo, all the points of him almost being called a coward in the first movie, we the second movie he's he was he he was called like that so you have that so like you have that aspect of his character and him finding you know showing up at the last minute and helping out the next movie as a kid i'm like you're beating time with luke that's luke's girl how can he do that that's wrong and then at the end they're like wait a second they froze han don't take Han away. <laughs> That's characterization where you're like, wait a second, their brother, he's not, he knows that Luke likes, likes Leia. And the next thing you know, wait a second, Han's going, like, he's, he's gone. <laughs> and then the third movie, he's, uh, he's, he's totally taken, you know, he's totally out of the mix of the thing. He's, his character is kind of broken because he's been through this thing. And he can't, and he has more doubt than he's ever had in this thing. Luke has to take out his father. Somehow he's gotten to the ability to take out his father, but in doing so, he will go to the dark side. And that's what the whole plan is. That's the emperor's plan is like, hey, I'm gonna have you go to your anger of everything he's done. And him succeeding in doing that leads him to the dark side. That's, a, there's layers to it, even though people say that Return of the Jedi is the problem child in, this, in the original trilogy, but you got layers to it. What we can, no one's going to complain that we didn't get any more rounded, how, how rounded Chewbacca was or the robots, because we know that they're supporting characters. We got to move on here. What's the name? Who's the name? Neo doubts the, the, the Oracle the entire time. It's not, he Neo. Neo doubts, Neo doubts too much. <laughs> he doubts everything. And then he's like, forget that. The person we need to save is what's the name? We're going to do this. <laughs> and then it works out. And it's just like, he. then everyone else is like, oh, he could, you know, and it's a statement of not, you know, saying you're the one being the one. And that's, that's the, if you can't get that, then you, you, you like, basically, he gets beat by what's like, He's supposedly more powerful than Lord than than than, um, than Morpheus, but Morpheus kicks his behind up and down. He's supposed to be able to make the jump. He doesn't make the jump, right? All that stuff. But the 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 key part the key part of it is like this is the reluctant hero, but the reluctant hero that knows that I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do none of the stuff that they're asking me to do. And then even when he shows signs, it's just like. Hey, I still got hit. It don't matter if I can. Have you seen me do some moves? Like this is like that sort of thing. So, and it's not his own strength. His, even though he might will himself back, the moment is Trinity. Like the connection with him and Trinity brings him back. It's not just hey, I'm just I just came back. Hey guys, you can kill me and this that and the other. It's like no, it's an important moment. They just throw it all out there. 
because they want to defend other characters. It's not right. Go watch the films again and stop complaining. What you said right there, perfect. Throw it all out there. Because that's all this is. This is throw it all out there. You know, hopefully you get lost in the in the mix and the barrage of all the characters that we're seeing in these, you know, that are cobbled together, you know, for the uh, for the video. But, you know, because a bunch of the characters they're bringing up here just don't apply. Just don't apply to what, you know, what they're talking about in terms of Mary Sue. I mean, uh, and again, Neil falls into a certain convention. He's the chosen one. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the chosen one. The chosen one is going to be expected to do certain things. But Neil, I, from, as a character, I thought he doubted too much. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, he's getting certain things shown to say, okay, look, there's obviously something going on here that I don't understand. And it's to the point, like, I got to get shot and brought back to life before I believe. <laughs> but they were going for the, you know, they're going for more of like a Christ figure, uh, you know, Jesus parallel, if you will. But, you know, even then, you know, that character receives a lot of, the, that character just receives a lot of development at the end of the day. It's, it, it's, it's just not, it's not a, a, a gender issue. It's not. It's a character, it's a character issue in how you constructed the character and also where that character needs to be in certain films, right? A lot of characters are two-dimensional, but we don't care because of the type of story that we're telling. If you look at the classic teen romance thing, all those characters are two-dimensional and they don't become three-dimensional until when? Until they finally learn, oh, I can't treat people like this. Lesson learned, three-dimensional. And by the time they're three-dimensional character, the movie's over. Mm -hmm. the movie's over but we enjoyed all the two-dimensional antics up until that point but that's the convention of the film and that's why we're there you know we don't we don't do we really need to see the only one who's probably three-dimensional is the one teenage character who's giving advice to everybody else telling them look you really should be doing this and they don't really have a large role in the film because we want to see the antics yeah it's um it's um like yeah it's like looking like the way i was hypercritical of like um first Bueller's day off and you have his friend who is more rounded and, and struggling with his father actually having to deal with consequences in life but it's not about that you as a, you it's escapism you're supposed to take yourself and say I'm Ferris Bueller I'm taking the day off and I'm having I'm living life to the fullest and coming back home without a care <laughs> and, and this and even the last thing I'm gonna go like Star Star Wars especially the, the 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 first trilogy is like yeah like Luke and Han are the, the like the greatest warriors for the rebels but who's their leader the princess the princess is running the things <laughs> in these movies right well no they because that's conveniently forgotten that's conveniently forgotten her role her reaction to you know the sequences the fact that you know I mean it, even in the face of Vader Okay, she's never someone who she's yes. never cowering in front of him. Yes. She's never afraid. The only time, the only time we genuinely see Princess Leia concerned or even afraid is when they're talking about the destruction of, of, the, of the home planet. That's it. Other than that, she's got a stiff upper lip. Okay, she, you know, what is it? She comes over. I, get, the thing is, I don't even want to have to go too much into it because it, it really does speak for itself. And, you know, I don't know what more you can do at the end of the day in terms of a character. But that character, Princess Leia's character, at least is depicted in Star Wars, totally forgotten, totally forgotten. We're going to focus on, we're going to focus on Luke because of how poorly Ray was depicted in those three films. <laughs> Why are you picking on Ray? Look at Luke. How did he learn to fall so quick? He saved the day with the force. Yeah, with everyone. <laughs> Forget it. 
Uh, here we go. Thankful for the skippable ad to come give us a breather. Quote, yes, Ray should be an extreme outlier, not a model for every female character to aspire to, just as not every male character in the movie should be Captain America or Ethan Hunt. But she should also be allowed to be as unquestionably superlative a protagonist as they are. A symbol to the nation. A hero to the world. The story of Captain America is one of honor, bravery, and sacrifice. All right. I'm sorry. I can complain as much as I want to say, hey, you know what? I need a little more in the story-wise of the, the first Captain America story. But the story they gave was somebody who didn't have it, getting his behind kicked in the first part. They made it just the intro to the Avengers, but you had an arc where he had nothing, but he had heart. He couldn't fight back, but he still fought back. And then he gets the right to become Captain America, right? Post that part of becoming that, but it's like you have that there. Second movie, what's going on? Cap having all of his doubt and him not, you know, doing the man out of time thing, playing that up a little more than the Avengers movie and having them, what's the name? Having um, Black Widow kind of say, venture out, try some things, this, that, and the other. <laughs> <laughs> and then the what's the name is, even though I'm not a fan of it, is him saying this friendship is more important than anything and I have to try to defend it. I'm going to defend this friend and almost to the detriment to his other friend. So it's like, and this is a, not the strongest take that he should do, but, you know, there's some layers to this stuff. So, like, come Are on. I'm like, are you kidding? This is an, okay. I don't think I can do much more of this because they brought Cap into this. Okay. No, I mean, it, okay. I'll, I'll try to pretend that I have never read a Captain America comic, don't really love this character, and don't know all of this development that Cap has outside of it. Even if I was to go by the same first film, okay, mm -hmm. the first film at the end of the day, yeah, you could definitely get more, but you get everything that you need about this guy. You get everything that you need about this guy in terms of why the most important thing is to understand why he's right for Captain America. Okay, because this is somebody who's going to be able to take this power and use it responsibly, selflessly, heroically. That's what we want. He's not just a soldier or even a super soldier. He's a hero. And that's why that, that makes him uh, the right person for it at the end of the day. And then he turns Captain America into something that's an ideal. That's something that you can get from that first film. And, you know, just it, it's it's right there. I don't see what the big deal is. And now if you're going to say, well, how come this character? Why are they? Why do they keep bringing in characters who do not compare with the Mary Sue characters that they keep trying to defend? Captain America does not compare. You have a great scene in that film where he jumps on a grenade. He jumps on a grenade and doesn't know if the grenade is going to go off or not. Okay, because he's thinking about protecting everybody else. We get an understanding of where this guy's character is at. The other two don't do anything to that. They are never in a situation of vulnerability. They're never in a situation of heroism. They don't put them there because they're afraid to do it because they're female characters. So leave Cap out of your mouth. Leave Cap <laughs> out of your video. Okay, and keep on, you know, keep on liking the characters that you want to like, but stay away from Cap. Keep Cap's name out your mouth. 
Let's do one in more minute words, and call it a day. Is a Mary Sue is not the point. While we can all agree that no one likes a true Mary Sue, it's clear that male characters are just not judged by these high standards. They that's not true. Oh, that that's Amanda? that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Because they said nobody likes a Mary Sue. It's obvious that whoever did this video likes them because they keep defending them. Yeah. And um, Harry Potter. I mean, he is. He's got a team of. He's got a. He got a. He got a team he works with. It's not. Yeah. He's uh, ultimately at the end. He might do something, but he's. He's. Got, I mean, it's ups and downs with that commando. You can't even use commando. And if you want to say not that was a commando, that was predator. You know. You know. Arnold gets his behind beat up and down that film. So. And his team. So anyway, this in Vox's analysis of the Ray Mary Sue debacle, in which they write off the notion that Ray is a Mary Sue, they discuss the male equivalent of the Mary Sue, sometimes called a Gary Stew. See, this is where okay, this is where we'll end it here. We will listen to this going to the Gary Stew and saying that they're getting the let off with the Gary Stews and not the Mary. And they're making it so you can have a way to defend the Mary Sue by saying, Hey, you're not attacking the Gary Stews. It's just, as we already said, you said it, I said it, it's the same thing. Nobody, you're deciding that so you can have a place to defend these lame characters that could have been done better, so. Writing, the idea of the Mary Sue carries with it an inherent gender bias. Very rarely does a male character get called out as a Gary Stew. And it's hard to overlook the fact that complaints about Mary Sue's often arise in male dominance. That was a total Mary Sue moment right here. <laughs> As cool as it is, but some of the things that's hard to say, this is cool. The thing with the, the what's the name? Was it Alice? And the, the, the what's the name? The kicking the, the, the bullet chamber at that thing. Kicking the cartridge into the, the zombie is the coolest thing. Like, they want to take away the cool stuff too. But anyway. <laughs> said that out loud, sorry. Justify oh. some male fans distress that female characters are taking center stage in worlds they love. Sign our petition to make Quandor the Dragon a male. There are already enough girl characters. We don't need a third. Oh god, I went to, I should have we should have stopped beforehand. Surrounding the Mary suit is so contradictory and loaded. In well, order I think to I lost this Cal. issue, it's easier to highlight examples of the non-Mary Sue, a person who possesses special gifts or power, but who is also a flawed, multidimensional, interesting. She's not a Mary she's not a Mary Sue. Okay, like we can agree on that. Character. I fell asleep on both my arms. At her core, the non-Mary Sue is a woman whose strengths are tied to her faults. One recent example of a non-Mary Sue in a well-established franchise is Sylvie from Loki. Oh, okay. I think that's it. I think we're going as yeah. well. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're done. Sylvie. We're done. Sylvie. No, I'm not even going to discuss. I'm not even going to discuss Sylvie because they said something. I, I mean, I, I was sitting over here biting my lip. When, uh, with the last thing that they just said, this is not about, this is not about your victimology. This is not about the fact that, oh, you know, we're schoolyard boys saying, oh, we got too many female characters, so on and so forth. All of the Marvel films with female characters, the majority of the people who go to see the film are men. Okay, Captain Marvel, the majority of the viewers, men. Black Widow, the majority of the viewers, men. All of the series, female-led or otherwise, men. So the, that idea out the window at the end of the day, this is not about 
this is not about presenting, oh, if they weren't female, you would like them because that's always the default, okay? If the female character isn't like, what about the male character? No, what about the female character? What about this character? Okay, is this character up to snuff? And if the character is not up to snuff, then you work with that. It's not a matter of, oh, well, if it was a male character, no, because there are plenty of male characters that don't make it. But the majority of the people coming out to see these films are men. So men don't have an issue with female characters. The men will have an issue with characters that aren't, you know, that aren't put down well, okay, that they can see all the seams, that you can see the guy behind the curtain and you realize, hey, you know, this isn't real. There's somebody, there's something going on over here. And that's anybody when it comes to rendering a good story. But this it's the same victimology, the same ideas. Well, if I wasn't a woman, no, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with how you have constructed these characters and how good your storytelling abilities are. And with these particular characters and stories, it's not up to snuff. And it's, you know, it, it, it's perforated beyond belief. And that's why you're getting the criticism. And instead of going back to the lab and applying, you know, some more skill to it and saying, okay, we can definitely do this or look at the characters, both male and female that have resonated and been successful for long periods of time, like Nancy Drew, and maybe adapt some of the things that were popular and worked for them and the things that people liked. No, you guys want, you know, we're going to double down on this. And this is only because of gender. You keep on with that. You keep on with that myopic viewpoint and you have characters you can't use and stories that nobody's going to come out for. That's the biggest thing that doesn't seem to be sinking in right here. It's not the gender. It's your story. It's not the gender. It's your character and how you have decided to render this character that is not working with the audience that's coming out to see it. Now, if you have a large male audience coming out to see these particular films, then maybe just maybe you stop and you think, oh, what is it that male audiences want to see in addition to what female audiences want to see? And we can make certain that we cover our bases with that. What resonates with these audiences? OK, it, it's it's not a it's not an either or zero sum game to that. But keep playing the victim and see how far you get with it. Yeah. Um... But one of the things that's hard is uh, they act as if they're acting as if movies like Commando, Over the Top, um, did the basic, you know, guy running over, you know, running over a town or Seagal film are the benchmark of being celebrated as great film, while the bad, ver you know, the equivalent of that being Captain Marvel, Sylvie, no. <laughs> I guess it's not that bad, but like the saying that they're getting away with so much. So we got to let our characters, these characters we like get away with it. It's like, no, people were all in for, um, you know, Ray initially until we're like, well, what, what is this scene about? Her basically being able to utilize the force in ways we don't know. Like we didn't know she had any abilities and she's just able to pick up the force like that. And we haven't yet to see that happen in the films. And they gave Ray the benefit of the doubt until two things happened. One, she was over there handing Luke Skywalker his ass. And two, Luke Skywalker was no longer the character. That, for me, was the more criminal thing. Luke yeah. Skywalker was a character that had a full story route, hero's journey. And the last time we see him is Return of the Jedi. The next time we see him, you'll be like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Who is this? And people have waited decades decades to see this character the most ardent people waited to uh, survive on luke skywalker through reading books 
reading comics. And then you see him again. And these guys decided, no, no, no. We want to do this with the cat. But that, people who have come out have been the most ardent people who are Luke Skywalker fans have been following this guy literally for decades. And then you decided to make all these changes for no good reason. And then you lump her in there with it. So, you know, Luke definitely going to take some lumps, but she's going to take the, but she's going to take the brunt of it. So I guess we're going to, we're going to end here and say, because they were going to go through the characters they think aren't Mary Sue's. And they say, just because you like them doesn't mean they're not Mary Sue's. And I'm saying that for if it's a character I like that gets their, gets their free run of everything, that's usually, that's usually a turnoff for me as far as watching, reading or, or watching stories. But I mean, they've already I'm, missing the mark totally here, so. I'm certain there are a bunch of people who love Wesley Crusher. I'm certain there are a bunch of people <laughs> who love that character. And that always pops into my mind is the biggest example of a Mary Sue yes. of all time. Yes. But he had his fan base. There are people who like the character. I never, I didn't care for Next Generation overall. but. Yeah, these there were people who loved the there were people who loved the character. Other people were glad to see him go, and I'm certain that you could pick, you know go through films and you could pick out this particular Mary Sue that, and it would still work because again it's about the story. It's about the story, and if you have that character, that particular convention, and you throw them in the story, and it works for that story, that's all of those conventions that people want to throw you know aspersions at white savior, black best friend, Mary Sue. <laughs> it, it works. If it works within the story, people tend not to care. Yeah, yeah. Okay? They tend not to care if the story is there. If it's not there, then it's no different than having a threadbare coat. People see right through it. It looks cheap. And then you get all of these, you get all of this criticism over it that you can't deflect simply by saying, oh, you know, I'm a woman. Oh, it's because of the race. Oh, it's because of this. It's because of your story. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, there's room in film for doing the flash dance which was a phenomenon when it came out. And then there's rooms of doing something where you have a solid sort of female sort of character. But you know, you can't sit around here and try to defend these characters that are hit, getting heavily criticized for some reason or, or the other. And we look at that, just leave it, the criticism there because they have people that defend her, they have people that go against it. But the criticism is there, so you can't necessarily take it out and say, hey, no dummies, you're wrong. This is why they're not that, because you like Luke Skywalker and you like all these other things, so you can't complain about her. If that, yes, wait a second, I didn't even do anything you described. You're trying to you're trying to decide to fight for me and say you took this thing, you took the sexist route of not insulting the Gary Stews when you insulted the Mary Sue. Like, what did I do? When, when did you hear me do any of this? That's what you're saying to your audience, and I don't like that at all. And these characters, let the debate stay as is, not try to inform us how it's not the case because we like them, you know. So that's all I got. Anything else? We're going to close this out finally. Sick, we got no, eight minutes in. <laughs> yeah, let's just get the, maybe next time we can get through a full video, or we got to get an eight minute video. No, not on the take. Not on the take. I'm sorry. <laughs> Spin around. Oh well. Out. We tried our best. <laughs> Later.